All right, is that us, buddy? That is us. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, there's the there's the music. There's a production value. I like it. <laughs> well, hey everybody, you are actually at the first this pink cloud, the maiden voyage webcast podcast, whatever you want to call it, and. Uh, my name is Kelly Reaver. This is the Professor Nolan over here. Yeah, the Professor Nolan. You got to get all three words in, otherwise I won't answer to it. That's right, <laughs> exactly. And uh, basically, our uh, show is all about sobriety. So uh, I have a little something written down. We're here to help people obtain and maintain sobriety. So I'm sure that's going to touch a lot of people. If it doesn't touch you directly. Uh, it will touch someone you know, and um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, getting sober is is something that's not easy to do, and it seems like the best way to do it is with a lot of help. So uh, we're here to try and help people get that help. Uh, not everybody knows how to get it, where to get it, and um, we do have some knowledge in that area. So <laughs> we and now we are not accredited and we do not uh, the disclaimer we do not claim to be that but we do have a lot of life experience yeah. uh for sure uh, and you'll hear about that speak for yourself i have many uh self uh, self appointed titles so <laughs> all right so uh well i guess uh what do you want to start off with uh getting to know a little bit about us or do you want to start off with uh, what why we came up with the concept this pink cloud yeah i think that's a good uh a good start so this pink cloud it's if if you've ever been in recovery then you may be familiar with the term but to explain it to those that that haven't been uh, the idea is when you first get sober, a lot of times um, people get very excited that they are back in life. <laughs> <laughs> Actually functioning and yeah. uh, being able to do stuff. That they yeah. are out of the prison of addiction for however long they've been in it. True that, dude. And, um, and yeah, and that, that term is called the pink cloud. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's just a little pet name that's given to it, but I think it describes both Kelly and I pretty well. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's definitely a slang term, if you will, kind of maybe in AA circles they use it, sure. but, uh, I, you know, I'm big on slang and uh, having, <laughs> having my own language, so you'll, you'll learn to know that. Sure. Um, but yeah, that, that's what it means. It's basically just sort of riding the high of not being high anymore. <laughs> um, True. And, uh, and yeah, so that's, that's the idea behind the title. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, both Kelly and I uh, actually met in treatment not too terribly long ago, uh, a handful true. of months ago. And um, I can give him the exact date, dude. I'm, uh, I'm sure you can. <laughs> it was a July. Tw uh, it was July 12th, actually, was the first day I came in. I don't know if you met me that day. I might have been in my room in the fetal position. I think I met you <laughs> in the middle of the night coming out to uh, smoke a cigarette and see what had happened, what had become of you. Uh, but That's uh, true. yeah, I mean, um, we met in treatment and uh, just kind of hit it off and uh, have managed to both stay sober since leaving, which is an important part of treatment. Knock on the wood for yeah. sure, brother. So this is all part of it, actually. So us, you know, trying to help you is definitely helping us because, yep. you know, a lot of people and I, I want to bring this up at the beginning. A lot of people think rehab is a dirty word and it's not at all. I mean, it's, you know, alcoholism and addiction is a 
considered a real disease mm. by the CDC. And, you know, like I, I always say, it's, uh, you know, like going to the doctor. You know, if you have cancer, I it's mean, not it's, like going to the doctor. It, it is, is going to yeah, the doctor. Right. They, they have doctors there. That's true. Um, and, true that. and getting sober, depending upon what you've been doing and how long you've been doing it for, uh, really needs to be approached medically in a lot of ways. If you just try and wing it on your own, you're going to be in more trouble than you. Uh, I realize. agree. Yeah, that's another thing we need to touch on for sure. Is people they don't realize like that you know it's dangerous if depending on your level of addiction it's dangerous to stop just on your own cold turkey uh so definitely take that with precaution if there's anybody out there that's trying to do that um and you know for me personally I just couldn't do that. I mean, <laughs> I would I would get the old two or three days under my belt yeah. and then it was just uh well um Let's get a drink. Yeah, I was you know? a, I was about oh for a thousand. Yeah, uh, in the oh no, uh, I still got this dude in, no, really. in in that ballpark. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's kind of going back to what I said earlier. You know, there is help out there, uh-huh. and there is absolutely no reason to do this on your own. Right. Um. If this if this is what you're trying to do, I think that part of that stigma that you're talking about comes from this weird delusion that a lot of alcoholics and drug addicts live in that not everybody knows what's going on. I'm going to be honest. Most people probably know what's going on to one degree or another. And, uh, and, and people that care about you, all they care about is you getting help. Oh yeah, for so, sure. Um, and help is out there. And we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that, uh, in this episode and in, in many other episodes, but, um, Real quick, Kelly, why don't you give a little background on sort of what brought you into treatment? What brought you to the oh, idea of even getting sober in the well, first place? Well, funny you ask that, Nolan. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> so uh, basically, you know, I went in begrudgingly, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, uh, let's just say, uh, prodded uh, by my wife, uh, <laughs> lovely Waverly. Out there, I just want to give her a shout out. Love just a, you. A she, gentle nudge, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, and she was, uh, you know, she definitely stuck by me through this. So, yeah. and I greatly appreciate that. And uh, I'm just going to get misty real quick. Yeah, that's going <laughs> to happen. No, no, but uh, so she, uh, you know, she definitely had some, um, I guess, uh, force behind me to get uh, the help that I needed. And I'm glad I went in and did it because I actually was going to go in and just pump the brakes and, oh, dude, I can just dial it back and then I'll get out and I'll socially drink because that experiment always works. Just a real quick notion to kind of touch on that. That, That's a lot of people's plan. Yeah. Um, It's very easy to think, you know what I need? I, I just let it get a little out of hand. I need to rein this back in, and then I'll come at it with a little bit better approach next time. <laughs> and um, also rarely goes well. If you want to get True. sober, then it helps to stop drinking and doing drugs. That's that's, that's an important that, part. By the way, that's a key. Yeah. That's a key. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so basically, um, you know, I got through my 30 days, and, I mean, I was telling my, uh, you know, in-house counselor, uh, you know, I'll just maybe stop drinking and, you know, all that. And then I got out and, you know, with the, just a little, that little window of clarity, I was like, well, Kelly, let's see. 
Let's do the math. You've uh, been drinking for 25 years. <laughs> some some of those years successfully, but then whatever that means. Yeah, right. <laughs> we had a we had a good relationship. I successfully for a while. put it into my body. Right, that, that part happened. And then <laughs> and, and then uh, you know I was like, uh, well, let's you know give the sobriety thing a chance, yeah. and it's been amazing. Uh, what's happened and what like I always like to say you know how a little clarity affects your reality you know I mean directly it's just like leaps and bounds how you know your brain actually works when you're not drinking and you know using so. yeah yeah I mean and probably of, of all that I just heard you say to me, what sticks out is the most important part is once you had that clarity, once you had that notion, you then followed through with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just can't go, oh, well, that's a nice thought. And, yeah. you know, definitely. And we'll get into this a little bit more kind of the process, what I use and different other people use as far as that. Yeah. Um, but now let me go ahead and bounce it back, my way. back bounce to it you. Back my way. Let's hear. Uh, I mean, I don't know if we can get the whole story in because it is uh, zero chance. Yeah, yeah zero but, chance. But uh, the, the sordid tale that let's, is my let's, life. Let's get the uh, the the uh, ten cent tour sure. of Nolan's uh, reasoning behind sobriety huh. and 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 whatnot. Well, reasoning behind sobriety is uh, probably pretty simple. I mean, I was dying. Uh, oh. it, it was not uh, far off. Sure, um, but. Uh, I'll try and give the like you said. weren't you weren't you at one hundred and twelve pounds, right? At, at one point, I was down at one hundred and eight, actually. Oh, nice. Sorry, uh, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to sell yeah, me short. Yeah, I, right, I, right. That that diet was going well for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> six foot one hundred eight, no big deal. Yeah, um, and beautiful hair too, right? I'm From sure it was. I'm sure it was beautiful. Little stringy. I'm little sure I thought action. it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that reminds me of a story we don't have time for. But anyways, no. I mean, a quick recap. I started. Um, I started using drugs when I was about 12 years old. Wow. Um, started like most people do when they're young with pot and things. How like that. How old are you now? I am 38. Okay, 38. Um, I got access to uh, pain medications and muscle relaxers and stuff like that at a very young age too. Um, they were just in my house okay. um, for medical reasons, and I took them for <laughs> non-medical reasons. Um, you know, by the time I was 14, uh, I was fully addicted to pain medicine, smoked pot every day, and drank as often as I could. 14-year-olds can't drink every day. And, right. But I was a resourceful one, so right, as often as I could. Yeah, you were good. Um, you know, I mean, it just kind of took off from there. By the time I was 15, I was putting whatever I could into my nose. Um, by the time I was 17 or 18, I started sticking needles in my body, uh -huh. um, and that didn't go very well at all for me. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, and the what you it were did the first two times though, right? Or, uh, well, I mean, I guess it just means. <laughs> I mean, it was effective. Like yeah. I successfully put it in my body. Right. Um, no, I mean, I was just out of control. Uh, some of it was being young and crazy, and most of it was I was fully addicted to drugs and alcohol well before I realized I was. Well, now, and you also had a window where you were sober. Yeah. And yeah, so I got sober. Um, it, it, I mean, it just went downhill fast for me, and um, my life was out of control. 
uh, on a lot of levels, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more and more in future episodes. But um, by the time I was 25, um, I had been trying to get sober for two or three years. And you know what? That's an important thing to, to point out. It's not easy to get sober. Some people have to try mm-hmm. multiple, multiple times. Sure. Um, the point is don't give up trying. I didn't, oh, I I didn't give up trying. I mean, at times, I guess I did mentally, but I kept trying. And I did get sober when I was about 25 years old, stayed that way for about seven, eight years, somewhere Mm -hmm. in that range. I don't know the exact time frame. Right. And then uh, fell victim to the idea that a lot of people do, um, that drugs were the problem. (laughs) Not alcohol. Drugs were the problem. (laughs) The drugs were the issue. I was just young and crazy. Now I'm a grown man. And Uh you know what? If I want to drink, I'm going to do that. Sure. And uh, fast forward eight years later, uh, job gone, wife gone, house gone. Um, trying to get sober again, trying over and over to get sober again. And then I guess through some miracle uh-huh. um, that I don't have a proper explanation for, have managed to do that. Right. Um, and have stayed that way now for, I guess we're getting close to five months, about four and a half months. I am. I have my uh, four-month token over yep. here to and award s- to myself. And still trucking and no intention of, uh, of looking back. Well, so, cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, we stay that way. I agree. So, yeah, this is this is definitely, you know, reality TV, if you will. Yeah. I mean, because we're we're just two guys, you know, trying to uh, uh, obtain mm-hmm. our or, or maintain our sobriety. And I think it's really cool because we kind of cover both sides of what is a pretty common story for alcoholics yeah. and drug addicts. Yours being that um, you drank and enjoyed it and never even really entertained the idea of quitting until after you had yeah and then you got some clarity looked back on it i am the flip side of that coin where um i wanted to quit all the time and just couldn't pull it off sure but kept trying um you know kept trying kept going to treatment and eventually it sticks and you know if you're out there struggling i don't know which one of those two you'll be right um but the common thread in both of them is Seeking treatment, seeking help, and giving it your best effort. Yeah, and actually wanting it and and taking the steps to get it done. And I mean, you know, a lot of people are, okay, well, I'm not ready to just do the rehab thing. I can quit myself, you know. A lot of people are in that headspace, whereas... You know, I mean, that's where I was. And mm-hmm. then once, but once you do it and go to rehab, and I'm glad I did, then, you know, you have that time away from alcohol to where you go, oh, okay, this is how everything's supposed to work. Yeah. So, you yeah. Know. Yeah. It's amazing how much it changes your brain. And, um, Anyways, you know, I just wanted to say thanks to uh, JP, Kathy, and the crew. We're honored to be yeah. here with you guys. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Love you, kid. Love you. <laughs> um, this is going to be a lot of fun, and, you know, keep touching on that rehab thread. It's actually kind of funny. The guest we have today is a mutual friend. I think we can call him a friend at I, this point. I think so, or maybe a homeboy, even. Uh, a homeboy, indeed. Yeah. Um, and he is the president and director of a uh, treatment facility. Right, um, uh, which we're specific. very proud of because yeah. they are a sponsor. Yeah, um, and um, they are called Summer Sky, and they're actually out in a little town called Stephenville, Texas. Uh, yes. Stephenville, Texas. The, Stephenville. The, the best rehabs are the ones out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, of course. I really mean that. They are right. I have a, a, a bit of a Yelp reviewer of the rehab. Oh, world, right? yeah. And we'll get into that. And, uh, you know, if you guys also just want to throw this out there, if you guys have any questions um, as far as 
you know that you want us to answer in a in a future time we'll be do we'll be doing more of a live stream uh coming up soon yep. but uh you know just throw it out there that we're easy to get a hold of um all over facebook and nolan's got his email which should be right somewhere there, somewhere. somewhere on the <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. questions for us questions um you know about help that you might need yeah or just um, a, yeah just a, like a simple like hey you know how do you talk to somebody about getting them yep. into rehab and uh, you know and maybe how we could help them assess their personal situation because everybody's at a different level uh, yep. of either denial or acceptance and you yeah know. and i want to point out you know we we have some experience um but we will not uh give you advice that we can't give let's put it that way right and there are a lot of professionals that do this for a living have done this for a living for a long time our guest today is one of them he's been doing this for a long time uh-huh and um yeah i mean but we can get you in touch with the right people for what, sure what we don't know we know someone who knows it exactly so uh you want to go ahead and pull up scott here mr scott ah oh, there he is the beautiful scott kelly how are you brother cool um, so here with Nolan, the Professor Nolan, by the way, he, you didn't even know his name, did yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> he knows me by my by my birth name, right? <laughs> so uh, what's going on at the? Uh, well, you're not at the facility today. I can tell you're at your house. No, I'm in my living room. Right. So yeah. We're having a little bit of a latency. We're, we're figuring that out. Uh, I just but want to get that monitor on right there. That way we can see Yeah, Scott. exactly. So I'm not looking back here the whole time, Indeed. looking there. Uh, Even though uh, you got a cool uh, hat uh, on uh, and everything. Where... That's true. I do, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> One of <laughs> Always. But uh, so Scott, uh, we, it, like Nolan said, to just recap, Scott is actually the president and CEO of Summer Sky out in Stephenville, and uh, he I, he actually I I pretty much know him from the the big book class that he taught, yeah. which I always like to bring props. This is what they refer to as the big book, in case you didn't know, uh, which is the Alcoholics Anonymous book. Yeah, a lot of books out there as far as recovery is concerned. That is kind of the one that kickstarted um, many of them, but. Uh, yeah, a lot of good books out there. That's certainly one of my faves. But um, Scott, before we even get started, just want to say thanks for coming on, man. Uh, it's good to see you. Always good to see you. And uh, thanks for what you did for me, if we're not, uh, <laughs> before we get started. Um, I've got another shot at this deal because of, uh, because of what you did for me. So thanks for coming on. No problem. I'd love to be with you guys. Well, so uh, I guess um, what do you just why don't you start off and by telling us a little bit about, you know, your story, like, OK, yep. so how you how, you know, your addiction, how it started and then basically kind of wind up on, you know, how you got to being the head, you know, uh, individual in charge at Summer Sky. <laughs> All righty. As many well, sordid I mean, details uh, as you I want. <laughs> yeah, I struggled with um, alcohol, cocaine, methamphetamine. I like to, to say it was I was addicted to more. Um, <laughs> anything that made me feel real, real good or anything that made me feel real, real bad. Right. So that was kind of the, the issue that was going on. With and what, what age was this? 
Um, I started uh, started drinking at seven years old, but um, yeah. ended up uh, really kicking it off uh, at about 16, 15 to 16 years of age. Um, that's where my addiction progressed to uh, greater length at that particular point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I struggled with, uh, you know, dealing with uh, the whole the whole processes of di- all the different various uh, addictions, trying different addictions to change the way I felt inside. Um, you know, didn't really understand the aspect of the physical part of addiction and how that could actually uh, take place at the time. I, if I re- if I recall. I just thought, you know, we were doing this because I was doing it because it was fun. It was exciting. I was kind of uh, the allure of the entire escape uh, yeah. was the very first parts of, of my addiction. Um, had no idea that quickly and shortly after increasing my dosages of substances <laughs> that I would find myself in a physical locked position towards substances right and now you were kind of involved in like the uh, escape punk scene back in the yes, day yes i was uh i was an amateur skateboarder uh-huh. and um <laughs> sponsored by a couple companies right um and i will spare them the details of that <laughs> at the same time uh won a lot of contests was extremely um competitive i skated with tony hawk and a bunch of other skaters and stuff at that time uh-huh. a lot of a lot of famous ones um i did a lot of skating right there in dallas texas at the jeff Phillips skate park won a lot of contests there um when that was around uh-huh. and went basically all over the united states doing skateboarding and uh, competing in contests and stuff of that nature and um, i come from a background where my dad is a professional motorcycle racer a famous one. Oh, that's cool um, you, yeah, can you name drop or do you so, would you rather not Oh yeah, it's fine. I mean, his name was Willard Kelly, and he was a—I uh, don't know—he was—he—he uh, he, he raced for all kinds of different motorcycle corporation companies, and spent mm-hmm. um, most of my life uh, going all over the United States with him. So, uh, competitiveness was also in my background, also. You know, it's so very competitive in sports, and just you know, just overall um, competitive spirit. Uh, had a principle that I no longer necessarily live by at this particular point, but second place was only just another name for a loser. Yeah. Win at all costs. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So win at whatever it took to win, you know, and the problem with that is when you get into an addiction (laughs) and it starts taking away things like an example, I had an indoor skate park that I had a skate shop, different kinds of stuff of that nature. And, um, what happens is when you don't know that that you're you're dominated by this substance or any substance, um, it starts dwindling away and taking away your options and and the things that you love the most in life. And one by one, it starts to steal your dreams. It starts to, to steal all of the different aspects of what makes you who you are. So it's not it's the physical aspect is extremely important, but then there's the psychological that starts to take place. And as people are noticing your addiction and telling you stuff like, "Hey, you need to uh, you need to take a look at this. You're mm-hmm. not the same. Your personality is shifting. Right. Um, You're sleeping 14 hours, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you keep stealing my exactly. television. <laughs> right. I'd like to watch it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, 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 so a lot of that 
comes from, you know, not really, I mean, you don't go into using substances thinking you're going to become addicted. Yeah, of course, I mean, yeah. You, tell, you know, most people that uh, touch, touch, touch it, um, they're looking for, they experience the euphoria effect. They look at the positive aspects of it, you know, and the, what they're getting at that particular time. Yeah. Um, out of the out of using, mm-hmm. they don't see the end result, the consequences, and the progression that that happens. I think it's interesting that in 1952, that the American Medical Association, you know, looked at uh, addictions or alcoholism at the time as a disease. Mm-hmm. And when you start to look back at that, one of the things that they that they noticed uh, pretty much widespread was that this illness was progressive. Mm-hmm. And that it, as time went on and you continually use the substances, if there's not something that intervenes or stops the person from using the substance, um, it the, the, the physical, the psychological, and the social aspect of it continues to decline over time. And so that, that process or that progression um, is one of the indicators that they decided to look at it from a disease perspective. Mm-hmm. Another thing that they learned really quickly, uh, I, which I'm grateful for, is they they discovered that it's reoccurring, and that it that if if a person just cold turkey stops a substance, the likelihood of not addressing the physical and psychological aspect of the addiction immediately. Um, is affected to the point where a person has this compulsion or if you want to say a mental obsession to utilize that substance. Um, you know, so quick question for you, Scott, when I, cause I always like to get uh, a timeline. So you were, you were using early, it became a problem more in your teens. And then did you eventually get sober uh, and then relapse, or how did that go? Yeah, yeah. I started going to treatment uh, as an adolescent. Uh-huh. Um, family started getting involved. Obviously, at a certain particular point, you can't hide it from others. <laughs> sure. And uh, so, interventions started taking place. Uh, people trying to control uh, what I did, how I did it. Mm. Uh, inter- and I call it intervening. They were doing the best they could. Oh yeah. New at the yeah, the right. resources that they had was very limited. Um, and so, you know, they started uh, not making it so easy. In other words, not paying for the stuff that I had, because obviously at a certain point in addiction, you start utilizing every type of resource that you can find to fulfill the inside of, of what's going on inside of you, but also using people in a sense, in a negative sense, because you have to maintain the 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 cost. Oh yeah. Yep. And, and I love, I love that you bring that up because, uh, I just got that. I am sober app, uh, (laughs) which, uh, I've already, I've already checked out what I've saved from alcohol. Even if I just put in a moderate, uh, like, okay, $20 a day, I'm already up to, I'm already up to like $10,000 Ten thousand dollars, like so. I'm like, oh well, that, yeah. that's oh, that's why I was always, uh, you know, in, in the uh, in the red. Well, and I, you know, and I like what you were just talking about there. It, it, it goes back to that progression you were talking about, and the cost generally only goes one direction, and that's not just financial. Right. You know, the physical cost to you, the 
cost to the relationships around oh, you. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. At a certain sure, point, yeah. people get tired of being taken advantage of and just shut you down. Doesn't mean they don't love you. Doesn't mean they don't care. They just can't do it anymore. Yeah, you just can only take so much. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, okay, yeah, so, we're done. So eventually, no. <laughs> so eventually, so eventually um, ended up in, in a treatment center. It happened to be Summer Sky, the place that I work for today. Right. And uh, I remember um, having a lot of misconceptions, I think, about what I was dealing with. Even though the evidence showed that I was completely out of control, uh, you know, so, socially or with relationships, even though that was happening, um and people were concerned i just could not get to the denial aspect of it um i couldn't understand uh how to break that denial open um so i i I didn't I, i didn't even gather that hey you probably need to do this treatment i was just kind of going because because they they told you to right yeah Yeah. and it's pretty pretty serious when the intervention is shows up at your house and you know well yeah they they do they they do the entire intervention process so you're saying that um, doesn't happen to normal people very often (laughs) yeah that's probably not something that happens is they show up at your house and say you've got a problem i mean a lot of evidence (laughs) goes into that research before uh intervention is uh Shows up yeah, I think I think I think and I definitely relate to you about the denial factor. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I I I passed out on the decks on several occasions and uh, oh, dude, well, I'll just get another gig over here. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, you know, I just was you know the definite definition of denial well and it's you know you build a sort of and without your consent or knowledge really right at least i build well alcohol didn't ask me yeah i built a sort of (laughs) rationalization thing going on in my head and kind of like what you were just talking about scott i mean like you know it's tough to fix a broken brain with a broken brain that's why that's true treatment and counseling and all of this stuff is so critical um, and you know, we talked about it in the beginning a little bit, you know, trying to quit on your own, uh, admirable, not saying sure. it never works. It works sometimes, but success rate wise, that's a big reason why it's not successful is because, and then also, also, I would like to, on that note, I'd like to applaud anybody that can actually socially drink. <laughs> so yeah. and good for you. I'm super jealous. <laughs> yeah. Very right. good for you. Because we are not those. In, uh, enjoy here. it while you know, as much as you can, I guess. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> Go ahead, yeah, Scott. You know, think about this. Once you get uh, the physical aspect of uh, detoxification started and you get separated from the substances, that's when your mind can start to, to see what others were actually trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you need a break away from the substances just long enough to have uh, that realization about the truth in yourself with, uh, related to these substances. So, I mean, one of the things is that separation it just gives you that time to, to reflect and look at the reality of what you've, what you've been involved in. Sure. And, and, it, and without that, um, you're kind of doomed to repeat the cycle based on the way that addiction works and um, just the, the chemical processes that go on in the brain. Absolutely. Yeah, and I have a, I have a lot of friends out there that are doing that that are trying on their own, and they're saying, "Oh no, I can just 
two or three days well, and this, string those together and then but it's just, you know for some people it it just doesn't work and this goes back to the idea of it being a disease and I, right. I we wouldn't even call it an idea i mean this is a medically researched fact at this point right um and if you had cancer or diabetes you wouldn't just sit at home and go hey i, I think i'll figure this out on my own right you know certainly you'd take a few precautions to not to stop smoking maybe if it was lung cancer or stop you watch your diet if it was diabetes, but you'd also go to a doctor and right. you'd get some medicine and you'd listen to the help that's out there and the advice that's out there. Sure, and probably heed that advice and actually yeah. try to do it instead of just going through the motions. Oh, yeah. well, they want me to go to rehab, <laughs> but I don't want to be here because I see a lot of people like that. And I know, Scott, you probably see that for sure. on a daily basis for sure of people that don't, you know, that definitely don't want to be there and they're just not in it. I'm like, I actually had to pay it out of my pocket. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to take this serious. So, Yeah. You know, yes, using the analogy of the cancer uh, patient, you know, the cancer patient, they don't want to do chemotherapy when they start. Neither does the person with the substance use disorder. They don't want to do the do the processes. But once they find out that and discover that the results are that I'm I can become free mm -hmm. and that there's a possibility that it can be arrested or put into remission. Um, then it's like the individual's like, well, what choice do I have at this particular point? Mm -hmm. I can either go back to using because that's what I'm going to do, or I can try this other approach or many different approaches to it and um, try different treatment options. You know, and I think that's what um, I discovered through the rehab process. Um, it was a, obviously there's lots of mistakes and errors that you make in your in the process of uh, going through the treatment process because you think one way and you find out that, well, that's not the right way to think. So that's what's nice about having time inside of a recovery center uh, type of facility is that you can look and say, and look at yourself, examine yourself and see what will work and see what, uh, you know, certain things that don't work. Well, and then also, you know, one of the good things about being in a facility is, you know, when you're drinking or using, uh, you know, you don't eat on a regular basis, <laughs> uh, you know, or you just eat really crappy once a day, you know, and, um, you know, it, I definitely think, uh, you know, the regimen of, you know, a daily, you know, process in rehab helps you know to give you tools to you know figure stuff out when you actually get outside yeah, yeah the t the time for me helped me get my mind right helped me get my body right and for me it helped me get my spirit right helped me get my soul right right um, there had been some damage done to all three and all three needed a little bit of a break and um, a little bit of a recharge before I was ready to come back out to life and deal with all the stresses that come from life sure without what had been my medicine for two decades, you know? Sure. So, um, hey, Scott, so how long have you been in the treatment industry, actually working in the treatment industry? Uh, since 1998 is whenever I actually started working as an addiction counselor. So um, I've actually been in recovery for 27 years. So, yeah. So Yay, dude, that's some good sobriety. Most of my... 
to be honest with you, most of my adulthood has been involved with helping um, alcoholics and addicts out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been pretty much my lifelong uh, goal is to just help people on a daily basis. I mean, uh, I don't know if I necessarily, if I thought that that's what I would be doing. Sure. It just, <laughs> it just became that way. And every time I tried to decide on, well, I think I'll do this or something else, it always kept going back to it mm-hmm. you know, from from schooling to education to whatever uh the doors just kept opening up every time i tried to move away from it um it was almost as if uh, it was if a, as if a higher power was guiding you yeah <laughs> some, <it> was, <laughs> some sort of force you know right. no, i mean it's a like, calling is what it yeah. is and is what you know, it sounds I tried like to get into tried to get into computers and you know go to go back to school for that and you know all kinds of different stuff in the business world and things of that nature. And, um, you know, every time I would try that or attempt that, I would find myself back at the treatment side. So Mm -hmm. finally at a certain point, you just give up and say, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. God, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what, um, I'm curious because I've never asked you this before and I'm just curious, uh, for my own, Mm -hmm. I guess, to satiate my own mind. Um, what do you love about, what you do and then also what do you hate about what you do or hate is a strong word what do you dislike okay yeah yeah either one um what i what i hate is watching the disease conquer people yeah um that's what i hate about the the substance use disorders is the fact that sometimes the consequence has to get so great for so for some people that uh to get them to basically give up and try something different that's frustrating. Um, but it's, it's the part I dislike the most about addiction. What I love about it, uh, about addiction treatment is, is basically that we have a solution and, and it's a way out. And that is writ and there's an effective way to treat, um, al- uh, substance use disorders. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, knowing that when I watch, like I remember watching an adolescent go through treatment and watching, she became a doctor. You know, oh, wow. so I know she's out there helping, you know, so many people uh, because she got sober at a young age. Um, when I see an older man that's been doing this for 50, 60 years, uh, come back around and start to reunite his family and participate uh, in his in his in his life. Sure. Uh, the success that happens with him. And I love that participate in your life. Yeah. I mean, because really, you don't even realize it how sneaky alcohol is the the ultimate slow play alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, you don't even realize that you're disconnected from your life and how good you have it uh, because you're just in a fog. Yeah, and yeah. I, you know, I totally agree. Watching watching that kind of stuff's better than anything I'm going to find on Netflix. Yeah. You know? oh. uh, seriously. Yeah. Watching people be reborn. Oh yeah, you know? for uh, sure. But uh, yeah, I was just yeah, curious. And every day, and every day is different. You know, when you're, when you're working with people with uh, substance use disorders, it, there's nothing. There are some similarities and some stuff from faces to different people. There's some similarities there, but there's so much uh, individuality with oh, yeah. people and the creativity you know, that, that comes out in them and watching them reconnect to those areas of their life is amazing. You know, um, 
Well, and it's got to be satisfying that you were, you know, you were a part of that process Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. You know, you're not, you know, you're, you're just kind of a guide. Yeah. The best way to put it, you know, Um, but at the same time, you've got to help them, you know, see the, see the truth about them and then they're sure. And, and they have, and uh, I'm speaking to whatever camera, but you have to be honest with yourself because, Hey, guess what? You're an alcoholic. You're an addict. <laughs> don't don't fool yourself, man. If you've got the signs, if people are telling you, if you're passing out, blacking out on a regular basis, uh, waking up when where you don't know where you are, yeah, you got a problem. Okay, so be honest and you know let's uh, start taking some steps towards fixing it. A great experiment to answer that question for yourself is try and stop. Yeah. Try and stop. Exactly. Try your hardest. Either yeah. you'll be successful and do stop, which is great. Yeah. Or you'll be unsuccessful and you'll get the answer that yeah. you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and then if that happens, there's help available. Um, Speaking Summer, of Summer that. Sky in Stephenville is a great place. I was going to say that. Yeah. Let's uh, get some. Do we have his contact info up on the screen? Can we get it up there? Um, it's basically, uh, I'll give it to you real quick. It's the, uh, www.summersky.us, correct? Mm-hmm. And that's the website. And then we're going to get a number up there for you. Uh, Garrett, you have that number? I've got it right here. It is. And this will be the number two actually admissions over at Summer Sky and a couple of beautiful ladies work there that we know. Uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite, Pat Pat. Oh, Patsy. Patsy. Yeah. I like Patsy a lot. I like Hikisha too. Hikisha's yeah, Hikisha's fun. cool. Um, but the number there is 1-888-857-8857. And we'll give that out again at the end of the show as well. And, um, and yeah, that's if you want to, you know, get in touch and, you know, get under this man's tutelage, if yeah. you will, you know. Well, um, because, I, hey, you know, so far so good with me and Nolan. Yeah. You know. Well, no, and, and honestly um, – you know, it kind of touched, touched on it earlier. I've been to a few treatment facilities. Um, <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, what I appreciate about what you guys do there is uh, treat us like adults, treat us like humans. Um, and that everyone in the staff is always willing to stop what they're doing and just talk, whether it's about nothing or something serious. I mean, I've had conversations with the housekeeper there that were important, with the guy cooking that were important to me looking back on him. So... Um, I really appreciate just the way that all of you guys approach. Well, I, yeah, um, and I love job. it. I love it at Summer Sky. What I gather, it's it's kind of more of a, a personal, you know, family vibe. Whereas you're not just a number. You know what I mean? At yeah. some of the other places. So yeah. I definitely, I definitely appreciate that, and I think I respond to that format better. I think most people do. I mean, Scott, you can kind of touch on it. I think it, it, you probably find most people do. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely the family-like environment is definitely more appealing than the institutional yeah. style of the treatment approach. approach. Uh, I, I just would like to uh, add one thing. Um, I need to. I would like to see for the current uh, residents at Summer Sky, I would like to see uh, RA supervised 
toaster visits. So like where you can actually use he's the toaster. Mad. He's been where, mad about this where you toaster can use thing the toaster the at, at night uh, if you need to. If you need some toast, you don't have to go to the kitchen and do all that. The RA can go, okay, here, dude, Eat make your toast. Eat fruit and cereal like the rest <laughs> of us. Eat Fruit Loops, dude. <laughs> Ke- Kelly, are you wanting to set off the fire alarm? Is that what you're wanting uh, That's exactly. Oh, no, I'm wanting somebody, an addict uh, that's mad at the facility. Somebody to, will. No, no, to stick a fork in the toaster. Somebody so that's will. What that's what I'm trying to lobby for, actually. Some so. of the interesting ideas <laughs> that a group of newly sober addicts and alcoholics can come up with are... Lots right, of but I was just and like, alarms will go off. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times, good times. But uh, so, how is uh, real quick, uh, just topical? How is COVID affecting uh, the facility? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's you know, I, I don't think the patients like wearing masks. Right. Um, I don't think anybody likes wearing masks. Yeah. So I mean, that's one of the things that we're just all adjusting to in the society. You know right now and um you know the uh cleaning i tell you what i think all the extra cleaning and the extra washing of the hands and stuff of that nature i think it really helps because i've noticed here's what i've noticed since we started this i've 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 noticed that there's less uh infections uh amongst each other so Mm -hmm. i don't see the coughs and the uh the you know stuff of that nature so i thought that's kind of fascinating with the aggressive approach to cleaning the hands and washing more and all that kind of stuff and, you know, cleaning the doorknobs and everything else that you have to do with, uh, with that aspect. Um, I'm seeing that as far as at our facility, um, less, less uh, infections, you know, I'm talking about just because, you know, when you're getting off of substances, uh, your immune system is already down, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of a sudden we're not seeing those stuff. So we're not seeing a lot of people having to be prescribed antibiotics and stuff. So things of that nature. So the, I don't know. That's in, that's interesting. But I've noticed that as we're here in no, November, um, since people are used to the pandemic when they go to treatment, they don't fight it as much. Right. Whereas in, in March, April, and May, you know, people were not feeling it very well. Sure. Into the whole idea of putting that stuff on and protecting themselves. Now it's kind of a custom. Yeah, now it's kind of commonplace. So sure. I will say this that um, we're seeing a lot more uh, people that had recovery uh, relapse as a result of being isolated uh, over mm. the last three or four months. So that is something that uh, we kind of knew it was a possibility, but we're starting to see that that happen. Um, so we'll hopefully we can get them detox, stabilized, and get them back uh, back into recovery. Um, so there's lots of challenges in the recovery world too. You know, sure. not just in the treatment industry, but well, I know we got uh, we didn't get to do some of the fun stuff. We didn't get to do the ropes course, which I heard. And actually, I, honestly, I want to go ahead and, if I can, plug you again and and champion <laughs> champion Summer Sky uh, again. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I I honestly, it was like summer camp for me. It was like summer summer camp yeah. with a bunch of drunks trying to get sober or addicts trying to get sober. So I mean, I had a blast, and I mean. Hell, I got, you know, two, uh, I think at least two really good friends out of it uh, in, you know, Nolan and Elizabeth. And uh, we, you know, hopefully we'll all be uh, lifelong life partners. 
Oh, no. <laughs> Zero chance at that. I'm actually right. uh, waiting for you to look the other way, and then I'm out of here. Right. There you go. <laughs> but other than that, Scott, I know I know you got to get, right? You had uh, you had something to do. Real work to do, yeah, huh? the ropes course is now being offered again, so uh-huh. we're doing that. And they got the zip line and all that good jazz, so cool. that's all back in play. And uh, yeah, goat so yoga still going on? Is goat yoga yes, still? Yes. Yeah, nice. Yeah, they've got the goat yoga. Nice. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's more like <laughs> it's more like kind of sit on the floor and hey. try not let to try not to let the goats crap on no, you. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you think, Scott, but I think a lot of that kind of stuff is just, uh, you know, it's just about having fun again. Oh and, yeah. And, and laughing. Having like sober fun. Yeah. Before yeah. I came in, I wasn't having a lot of fun or doing a lot of laughing. Right. Um, it was good yeah. to sort of rekindle that part and uh, realize that, oh, yeah, there's 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 fun stuff to do without drinking myself into a stupor. Um, well, but, I do remember when my when my treatment team su- suggested the idea of the goat yoga system, uh, I looked at them like, OK, we really lost <laughs> our minds here. Right. <laughs> right. Because like we're going to have little goats come in here and how's this going to work? Oh, and they're in. T- oh, by the way, and the goats are in tutus. They're pygmy <laughs> goats in tutus. <laughs> yeah. And they're precious. Yeah. And, yeah. and I should have so, stolen so, one. <laughs> so in I'll, strollers. I'll forget the first time I walked around there and I seen them and then I watched the patient's reaction. And so as each individual was doing their yoga. And, and these goats and how they were interacting with everybody, I was like, oh, my gosh, this stuff does actually the smiles that these folks have on their face is incredible. Yeah. And um, I was just like, wow, you you caught me off guard. So that, Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see this one coming. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, hey, Scott, thanks for coming on. Thanks for spending some yeah, time with sure. us. Um, always good to see you. And uh yeah, summer sky out in Stephenville, Texas, uh, and uh, we I, and I'm okay to speak about this. I'm currently in IOP, which is intense outpatient uh, therapy, with this man right here. So uh, every every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, I'm on and uh, seeing his lovely face. No, just yeah, <laughs> like I said, thanks for coming on, and more importantly, thanks for helping out crazy people like me and uh, Kelly because yeah. we need it. And yeah, for uh, sure. You know, without a facility like that or the, the, the work that you and your staff have put in, um, a lot of people would still be either in bondage to alcohol and drugs or uh, perhaps not even with us anymore. You know, it's a real thing. Yeah. And uh, so thanks for what you do. Yeah, Scott, uh, you're doing a good Thank job. You. You're do, you're doing the Lord's work, brother. The Lord's work. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have a great okay. day. Okay. Yeah, man. We'll talk hey, to you thanks soon. for stopping by, bud. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Right, bye-bye. Cool. Well, that was good. Yeah, that was good. That went well. Old Scott Kelly. Yeah, old love Scott it. Kelly. Love that guy. No, I, I love to get the big book classes, especially like when he gets all deep, and then he'll just go he totally gets, off stub, subject, and it's just like he was restrained there, guys. Oh, yeah, he gets yeah. fired up. Um, <laughs> he gets he, well. I mean, really, what it is is he's happy to be free. Oh yeah, from you know the nonsense that was the his bondage. life beforehand, right? And, uh, and like he said, I think he enjoys just kind of watching people come back alive you know so 
But, uh, yeah, Scott Kelly out at Summer Scout right. in Stephenville. Both uh, Kelly and I are alumni of that prestigious university. And I'm expecting my yeah. T-shirt soon, so, you know. You get no T-shirts. Yeah, oh, I'll get I a T-shirt. I gave away my I'll one T-shirt. I'll get a T-shirt. You know hey, and then I, I also just wanted to bring up for the show, we have some cool upcoming guests. We actually have uh, Brian Cuban. Yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun. He uh, has a book called The Addicted Lawyer. Uh, which is New York Times bestseller. Uh, some of you might know his brother. I don't know. But uh, but anyway, he's a cool cat, and he's just a guy going through sobriety um, yeah. just like the rest of us. So, you know, doesn't matter how many zeros you have in your bank account. I mean, you know, you can be the richest person, you can be the poorest person, but you're still an addict, and, yeah. and, and you still have to live your life, you know? And Disease doesn't care much about uh, your status yeah, in exactly. your own mind or for whatever. For sure, for sure. But, I mean, more than anything, you know, this is, this is an issue that... Uh, is 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 rampant really if we're oh, being yeah. honest i um, know it touches everybody and if it doesn't touch you like i said if it doesn't touch you directly it touches somebody in your family somebody yeah, in your family yeah. i mean most of us have, have struggled on some level uh, either watching someone deteriorate or being stuck in it ourselves or wondering what to do about this person or whatever sure um, and so like I said, feel free, there, but feel free to reach out to us if we can advise we'll be ha more than happy to um what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, and then, of course, we're working on uh, Brandon Novak. I'm, I'm going to call him like nine million times. Yeah. until I'm going to blow him up until he comes on. Uh, but uh, he's, What's with us in skateboarders? Huh? Yeah, I know. Exactly, dude. Well, hey, Something. Man. I yeah. guess things are going on in the skateboard community. Someone needs to take a look at that. <laughs> there, there or, or, oh, and oh, <laughs> musicians? Oh, yeah. No, and, musicians and are all fine. And, uh, no. Yeah, they're all, they're all put I've together. I've never met an alcoholic or drug addict musician. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, and then also, um, you know, if, uh, we have uh, Summer Sky on board uh, helping us uh, cover some of uh, production costs. But, yep. uh, you know, if anybody out there i know nolan this is a shout out right here nolan is a huge fan of bang energy drinks I've, dude this guy is insane he knows i've seen all the worse flavors. than me i i do know and have <laughs> drank all the flavors except for one and i'll find it right i, I know it exists but i haven't found it yet <laughs> um but yeah i generally tank about one of those a day yeah um and uh perhaps i've traded one addiction for another but hey dude but at it's least it's uh you know at least i recognize that's possible at, what's going at on. least you can buy it somewhat legally there seem to be yeah. less consequences from drinking one bang a day yeah than the 100 dollars sure. on heroin i was spending right but, you know hey. um but yeah if he, <laughs> uh, you know if anybody wants to reach out to us regarding uh you know sponsorship of the show yeah we're actually getting the website built uh, as we speak and uh, you know we'll throw your uh, you know your product up there and yep. we'll have a little sponsorship on the show and whatever and uh, help us pay for some gas money so some, some gas <laughs> money and help, help us get the word out as much oh as we can yeah for sure people, I mean because I mean a lot of what I want to do you know if there ever is like an excess uh, I would love to set up something with Scott Kelly yep. about getting people into rehab, but like under like a, a strict guideline, like they have to be serious about yeah. it. You don't get to and go to summer camp for yeah. It's for not free? just oh yeah, dude. We're gonna give you uh, thirty days, you know, free. Yeah. But uh, you know, they have to actually want it, and uh, you know, you can pretty much tell that right away mm -hmm. and and not everybody can afford rehab so you know but there's other alternatives out there as well so i mean is there something that you can real quick 
tell the people like as far as yeah i mean look so there is help regardless of what's in your bank account what's on your insurance card or even if you have one um there are options out there for not just treatment for outpatient like you were talking about mm -hmm. after the fact um for I mean, there's just a lot. This has been a disease, according to the AMA and the CDC, for a long time. And it's one that is known to require a lot of help. Uh, and so there's a lot of help out there. There are generally free facilities in almost every major city in Texas. Uh, and that goes for the rest of the country as well. Um, there are, I mean, there are nonprofit facilities. Those are uh, free long-term facilities, short-term. I mean, there's a lot out there. Right. Um, if you, you know, and they can hit you names. up direct. And, yeah, and they can you hit can, me up direct yeah. and I can point you in the right direction. Too yeah. many names to just name here, to be honest with you. But the idea that you need insurance and $20,000 to get treatment is false. Yeah, I agree. Um, that may buy you a nicer facility, but yeah. whatever that means. Yeah, um, right. You know, I mean, treatment is treatment. Um, so... Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of options out there, and I'm familiar with uh, a good amount of them. I always say, yeah, Nolan is, and, and let me just tell you real quick why we call him the professor. I love this because you know we have limited access to the internet at yes. uh, at uh, re at the uh, rehab facility, so it was just like everybody would go, oh well, hey, uh, you know, what about this and so and so, and I would just go, well, ask the professor. Yeah. So that's kind of how that came about. Google inside yeah, exactly. I yeah. was just like, well, if no one doesn't know, we're just going to have to ask an RA to look it up on their phone. That's that's what I'm good at. <laughs> I have a lot of useless information in my uh, head. No, you have a lot of useful well, information. I have some I information in my head, I guess. Let's there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a pet name. Obviously, I don't have any <laughs> PhDs. I Not was yet. A, I was busy at the time when everyone else was going to uh, college and learning things. Sure, I was very very busy. You had your other job I of addiction. A, I had a lot going yeah, on. Right. A lot of you know, a lot of balls I was juggling at sure. that point. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, uh, it, back to the the thing we were talking about. It, uh, there's a lot of help out there. I'm familiar with a good amount of it, and then uh, when I'm not familiar when you get out of my geographical region or out of my head um scott's absolutely familiar and about 10 or 20 other people i know um, yeah that we can get some answers for you for the whole sure. point is to to give this thing a shot if you haven't given it a shot before. right and if, just and be honest with yourself yeah chances are if you're thinking about it and it's in the back of your head you got a problem yeah so i know it was not something i could pull off on my own yeah i needed some inpatient any, uh, anything time. I needed some summer camp time. Oh yeah, I agree. To, to get my mind right, my body right. So anything stuff. else you wanted to shout out or mention before we? You know, not really. Other than, um, you know, kind of to wrap it up and, and back to the whole pink cloud thing. Mm -hmm. The for me, um, you know, things were not going well for quite a long time, uh -huh. and I didn't really have a good solution. Uh -huh. I was throwing things at the, you know, throwing things at it, coming up with whatever I could. I'm not an evil person. I didn't mm -hmm. just want to, you know, particularly hurt everyone around me, but I just didn't have an answer. 
Sure. And um, a lot of us don't. No, a lot of people don't. You know, so. and 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 going and seeking the help has given me some answers that I've been searching for for a long time. Well, cool, man. So I'm just grateful that the help is out there for yeah. someone like me personally. Oh yeah. And if it can work for this maniac, yeah, <laughs> I'm serious about I, that. If it yeah. can work for this maniac, then it can work for anybody. Right. I agree, dude. I concur, and I am glad you are no longer that maniac, <laughs> yeah. or you're that maniac in a good way. There's a, there's a lot of people glad about that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, like maybe your kids. That, that, yeah, that's that's a couple. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're probably pleased about that. Well, cool. Well, so we'll just kind of leave you hanging, but uh, you know we've got some exciting guests. So do me a favor, spread the word as much yes, as you please. can on that thing called the interwebs. On, uh, on the intranets. Yeah, and uh, you know just let them know. And if y'all have questions, hit us up. And uh, I guess we'll catch you next time on thispinkcloud.com. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks. All right, let's go get a beer. <laughs>